Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here's your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Thank you for joining us. I'm glad you're here. I have my friend and co-worker with me from the Union Gospel Mission, Matthew Byro, and we had been talking about transformation and transformed lives, what that really looks like, what that really means, and what are the outcomes? What are the devastations that come from a life given to, to the flesh? In this case, we're talking about alcoholism, uh, but there are many other forms of destruction. I am grateful that God has brought me into a kingdom and, and serving a God that has the ability to seek, has the ability to save, and has the ability to transform a life. Anything less than that is not a Savior that you need. There is only one, and his name is Jesus. You know, we, we love to say it, and it's the truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life, and no one ever comes to the Father except through him. He's not the images that hang on a wall of a... Of a we were talking about that earlier, too. He is a real individual. He is the Theanthropos, the God-man, 100% God, 100% man, the only one capable of saving and paying for our transgressions. And not only just paying for our transgressions, it would be sad if that's where we were left, cleansed but empty. He doesn't do that either. He cleanses us from all unrighteousness, and then he gives his spirit to us. He transforms our lives. And so his righteousness becomes our righteousness before the Father. Uh, Matthew Byro, I'm going to let him talk here in a minute. He's got an interesting background. We talked about it last week, so there's a lot of other things we want to talk about. But suffice it to say that here was a young man that was lost hopelessly in alcoholism to the point that we were talking about him uh, being being put in the hospital with, what was your blood alcohol level? Uh, 0.468. Okay. Uh, 0.08 is what is legally drunk. So that's like five and a half times over the legal limit. Yeah. If you are a non-alcoholic, you could not do that. Yeah. First of all, before you ever got that that high, you'd pass out. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably, probably by two, you'd be on the floor, face down. Even if you're an alcoholic, to blow a four and a half almost, <laughs> you you are talking about the rare few that can do that without severe alcohol poisoning and death. I've only heard of one other guy. I, I mean, I'm sure there are lots, but I've only heard of one other guy, and he was arrested, and he blew almost a five. And they said that uh, that he'd also been arrested for resisting arrest, and I thought, <laughs> how did he do that? <laughs> uh, I've never seen anybody conscious at that level. 
But Matthew said that he was even coherent, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, again, a lot of times that I ended up at the hospital, they were surprised, you know, and, and it just was so normal for me to drink so much that my body, you build a tolerance and you need more and more and more. And, you know, I didn't have a lot of hangovers because I just always was drinking. You know, I, I'd yeah, wake up yeah. in the middle of the night and drink, wake up in the morning and drink and all day long, you know, I drank a, more vodka than I did water, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and so I'd end up severely dehydrated amongst a bunch of other stuff when I ended up at the hospital. Yeah, it's a funny thing, too. If you were to see Matthew, he's a clean-cut, healthy-looking young man, and you would never look at him and go, I bet that guy had a drinking problem or a drug problem, because certainly he was never in trouble with the law. Mm -hmm. He was in trouble with his spirit. And so he came to the mission, and as he pointed out, and it's, it's efficacious for me to point out, too, that we are sometimes the best-kept secret around. <laughs> and uh, people that need help can come to the mission, whether it's food or clothing or a recovery program. And uh, they're going to hear about Jesus all day long, but we're not turning you away because you came with a different faith or, uh, you know, an atheist or whatever the case is. But certainly our goal is not just to tell people and get them off of alcohol, is it, uh, Matthew? No. You know, we're preaching the gospel as well, and, and, you know, we see it with how we interact with the guests. You Mm -hmm. know, when I was in the program, and even to this day, you know, there's times where I'm covering a shift or I'm, I'm, you know, I'm still on site where we talk to the guests and we see what they're going through and and we get to tell them about how Christ helped us. You know, it, it... the getting off of drugs and alcohol is definitely a, a part of that, you know, because we need to get rid of that stuff out of our lives. Yeah, but absolutely. Then there's the whole next part of, you know, learning how to walk with Christ. And if and if you're not even a believer, you know, coming to the saving faith of who Christ is and what he did for you, but then how to walk, you know, getting involved with the church, how to walk with, you know, upright in, in Christ and living every day and, and getting through the ups and downs that come in our lives and how to do that with Christ and not with drugs, alcohol, or whatever it is that you use to fill that void because everybody has something that they they use to fill that void at some point in their life. Uh, and that's absolutely true. You know, you can—it's uh, it's an old saying, and, you know, years ago I used to do commercial air conditioning, and— uh, it took a lot of training for me to get to that point. There's a lot of engineering. It it can be a complicated field, commercial air conditioning. And uh, one of the very first things you learn is that systems, air conditioning systems, need to be evacuated of all the impurities that are inside, right? Mm-hmm. Now, in science, we always know that nature abhors a vacuum, yeah. Right. So if you don't fill that system back up with refrigerant, it's going to fill itself up from anything. It'll it'll get a leak and it will fill itself up with something. Mm. And those somethings will destroy your machines. Yeah. Okay. Well, our walk with Christ is like that, too. We it is simply not good enough for us to evacuate ourselves of all those horrible habits, right? Yeah. We need to put on 
the new life of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. So you see that in people who are trying to be good but are not in Christ, right? Yeah. Uh, they have quit the alcohol, they quit the drugs, they've done all that stuff, but they've left themselves open to a vacuum and something's going to fill that vacuum, right? Yeah, I, I've met quite a few people, uh, you know, and this is even prior to coming to the mission and, and really getting, uh, you know, my life straightened out, my walk with Christ. But I've met people that, you know, when I was at another program, it was a Christian-based place, and we would go and fundraise, and they, you know, I'd meet people that told me, well, I got queen and silver on my own. You know, I don't need Christ. And, you know, but they, there seemed like there was something off. Yeah, they were clean and sober, but again, you know, it seemed... Are they angry? Yeah, you know, and... And, you know, a lot of it was them kind of trying to tell me, you don't need that. You you just need to do it by yourself or, mm-hmm. you know, them kind of putting themselves higher than than Christ, um, you know, and, and saying that you don't need that. And it's surprising, you know, like I say, you can tell that there's still something off, something's missing from their life. And, and we know what it is. We do know what it is. And uh, I got to tell you, Matthew and I were talking off air uh, you know, because we have to wait for a few minutes while everything gets reset up for the next program. And so uh, we were talking a little bit about it, and I explained to him that many, many years ago, uh, 40-something years ago, I guess, my father had been an alcoholic, and and I hated the fact I didn't have a dad in my life. It was you know, there's an empty and there's a space there. But by the same token, if my dad had been in my life the way he was, it would have been detrimental. And so as I was married and starting to have kids, there came a time in my life, and I wish I could tell you that it was prior to Christ. It was prior to and then after for a little while that, you know, I I was just doing the things I ought not do. I, I often would close down a bar with friends. And I know that those of you that uh, see me or know me or know that I'm a pastor, uh, that might be <laughs> that might be making you think less of me, but the reality is that that's who I was because I was a fallen individual. And so when Christ really penetrated my heart and changed me. Am I perfect? (laughs) No, not even close. But I can tell you this, the desire of my heart is to serve Christ. And I was there for my kids, and I didn't want them to see the dad that I had. Mm -hmm. So, and Matthew is in that same position. His son saw him when he was less than sober, correct? Yeah. And a drunk, an alcoholic, can get drunker than anybody else can to a point. If, if, you've, if you're a moderate drinker and you've gotten drunk a few times, you have no idea what an alcoholic drunk is like. <laughs> right, Matthew? Yeah. It's deeper and darker than anything you can imagine. And so Matthew came to the mission. I believe he was led to the mission by the Lord. I think that's how everybody comes. What do you think? Yeah. Um, the most surprising part for me, and again, you know, I didn't really notice it until probably about a week after being there 
for a week. Um, when I was in in the mental facility, you know, my my ex's mom, where I was I was staying at her house, she brought my luggage, which had all my clothes, and and it had an old Bible from my family. You know, I, I don't know where it came from, but uh, again, somehow it ended up in there. And and again, you know, I, I knew Christ. And so I, I didn't have nothing else really to do. You either sit in a, a day room and watch TV or you lay in your bed or you walk around. That There's the, the three things you can do at a mental facility. So I had my Bible and I, I started reading again and I felt, you know, I, I want to get reconnected. Um, I know that's the only time that I was doing well was when I was with Christ. And and again, this is before we t- they tell me anything about the Union Gospel Mission or who they are. And, you know, when that came up and they said it's a Christian-based facility and they mm-hmm. say that— in in a way, because they want to premise it, you know, some people don't want to go to a, a lots Christian. of people don't. <laughs> um, but about a week after getting there, you know, we have chapel every night, twice on Sunday, and I was, you know, I, I felt like, yeah, the the Lord led me here, you know, and I I was just so amazed by that, you know, again, just where I was at in my life. And, and what I had done, you know, I knew the Lord and, and again, then I was falling away and stepping away from him and he still guided me back there. He still extended that hand to pick me back up and mm-hmm. bring me back into that comfort and, and to, you know, to show me grace and mercy in my life, you know, when I w- certainly wasn't living a Christian life and yeah. it's, it's amazing. And, and like I said, it took about a week for me to kind of look back and go, huh? <laughs> yeah, no, um, <clears throat> Yes, transformed lives are different. And uh, so Matthew and I were talking again off air. Could you relate to the people a piece of advice that you gave to one of our program guys who who actually came to a saving knowledge in prison but now outside didn't, doesn't, and you don't have to use names, but if you could just relate that story to me a little bit. Yeah, you know, I I see guys come in and you know they know Christ and you know or, or they claim to to profess Christ and they know scriptures and they read the Word daily, but sometimes their actions don't don't line up, you know. And and I've I've met quite a few guys over my time. I've been at the mission two and a half years now, and um, since I came there, and you know, I always try to encourage guys. You know, sometimes you have to make changes in your life that are difficult. You have to put aside a part of you that maybe was who you were for a long time. You know, um, I certainly for a long time was a know-it-all. Uh, <laughs> you, you talk about my, my memory and, and I used to correct people all the time. And there's a part of me that still wants to do that at times. And it's not a good quality. Uh, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, so sometimes we have to put that aside and really examine ourselves and, and ha- try to line ourselves up with what is Christ you know, what is his example show to us? How, how are we to love our brothers? How are we to, to show kindness and compassion to others? How are we sometimes to, to draw the line in certain places where we might not, you know, where we might, yeah, you know what, it's not that big of a deal. You know, no, we need to sometimes set those boundaries. And, and I do that with my own son. You know, I have to set those boundaries. And as much as I want to love him and spoil him and give him everything I can, you know, I also have to be disciplined, you know, and I have to, you know, no, we have, we can't do that or you've lost that or set those, those boundaries because again, Christ has done that in my life. He had to set boundaries for me, you know, and no, yeah, I know right. what, what's going to happen if, if I go, if I go overboard and I have those consequences coming, I know it will happen. You know, uh, 
the the doctrine of of my heart the you know which i believe to be correct tells me that you are saved by grace through faith and that not of yourself it's a gift of god lest any man should boast that's scriptural i believe you cannot lose that salvation mm-hmm. because of a bad mark or something that you do but having said that you can often see in people the lack of a transformed heart. Yeah. Because you may come to Christ and you may make a lot of mistakes and you're not saved by your works, but you are saved unto good works. And so a transformed heart, no matter how many times they mess up, the desire of their heart is going to want to be to serve Christ properly, right? Yes. And that's one of the things that I think differentiates us from a lot of places. We walk by that faith that says, I know that we, are, we need to follow Christ in everything we do. There's a lot of prayer that goes on in the mission, isn't there? Yeah. We, you know, not only throughout our day, you know, we, the guys in the program do a morning prayer and devotional. We have a, a a prayer. They have a day of prayer Thursday morning. Their, their class is is a, a corporate prayer. You know where everybody gets a chance to pray, and um, you know we pray before all our meals, of course. And you know we pray throughout our day. You know we have different people come that tour the offices, or maybe somebody's dealing with something you know personal or or with their family, and and we'll stop and we'll pray for each other. You know I've had people pray on the phone, donors that call in, and all the time, you know, <laughs> I get to share and. You know, they get to hear my testimony a little bit, and they, you know, sometimes they ask if they can pray for me, and I'm, I, I would love you to, because I, yeah. I enjoy that, and it's, it's awesome, you know, to have that just day filled with prayer, and and even with how busy we can get, sometimes it's, you know, you take that that breath for a second, and you go, let me let me stop and pray, you know, I haven't prayed today about this, or I I have been going through this, and I've just been running through my mind. Let me stop and pray, and just feels like it doesn't, you know, it, it may not change what's going on right at that moment, but you feel different. You feel like, you know what, that weight is off me, that burden, you know, the stress is gone. You know, I know Christ is right there. He's going to get me through this. And, you know, whatever happens is is his will, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you stop just getting anxious. And it's it's such a relief. It It is. And of course, we all need guidance too, don't we? We do. We need to go before the face of the Lord, confess our sins, and ask for his correction and his guidance. And he has said he chastises those he loves. So because you came to Christ, you better not think your life is just going to be <laughs> uh, sunshine and roses, right? There's yeah. going to be times, but in those times, remembering that he is not going to leave us or forsake us. And then Matthew did one of the most important things— he found a healthy, well-balanced, Bible-believing church uh, in IBC, which is a church downtown is led by a Scottish pastor named Robert Briggs. And Robert Briggs, I consider him to be a friend. Uh, he is the one that did the graveside service for my wife. Uh, he did it on almost last notice, and I, of course, will be eternally grateful to him. But I also know that he is a man of of sound doctrine and a man who walks by faith. And so those are 
huge qualities to find in a church. And there are others in his church, other pastors there that are, are equally committed to the gospel. Uh, I see that in people like uh, like Doxa, who came out for a tour the other day with senior pastor and the uh, an associate pastor, and I think in charge of doctrine. And um, I, I hope I'm not getting the name wrong, but uh, Scott is the senior senior pastor, and I believe it was Isaac. Isaac, yeah. Isaac, who came out with him, and, and both wonderful guys. And, and, of course, we got to pray again because we always <laughs> pray with, with those type of uh, people. We had uh, Zach, who came out the other day from uh, Christian Encounters Ranch. Mm-hmm. And so he also committed to the gospel message, and we're just grateful uh, to be able to pray, right? Yeah. So many people aren't even allowed to have a Bible near them, but we have it on all the desks, right? Yeah. And it's not that we supply them, it's just everybody brings their Bible in, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I think that's amazing. And by the way, uh, I know this is a little off topic, but you know we would really like to get a house that we can use for transitional living. Uh, the house that we have right now is is we really need to replace it. And so if any of you know of a great opportunity for a house that we could use to you know, for transitional living, we would love for you to get in contact with us. If you happen to be a Christian real estate person who is really familiar with, with, uh, you know, the commercial law about, uh, you know, because we can't get a, P, a place that we can't get a use per, permit for. So at any rate, so uh, you have some exciting news, right? Uh, aren't you about to get a an apartment? Oh, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> um, it's not a done deal yet. You know, I'm, I'm working with a member from my church who is a realtor and he manages some apartments and it looks like there's an apartment opening up and everything seems like it's going well. Um, in a couple of weeks, I'll know for sure. But, you know, I'm, I think it's a fairly, fairly good say. Um, you know, he's helped out a lot of people from my church. Um, I think he's even helped out some guys who have graduated the program in the past with going over there and, and finding an apartment. And so I'm, I'm really excited for that, not only to, you know, be taking that next step. And, you know, I've worked out a lot of the, the other issues I came in with. I had a lot of debt, you know, a lot of credit cards and things like that. And having a place where my son can come and stay with me and, and again, take that next step of being a father and, you know, not just going and seeing him three or four times a week, but you know, going and having them come and stay with me. That's a huge deal. And, and Matthew, we've once again run up against the clock. And uh, But in a few months, I would like you to come back as you, as you see the job and how it's, I mean, you've been doing it for quite a while now. And <laughs> I intended for us to talk a little more about that. But I wanted the people to get a, a real feel of who you are. So any last words in the last 30 seconds of the show? Um, again, I just want to thank everybody who has supported the mission over their time, Me you know, too. if uh, with prayer, with finances, with volunteering. And if they know anybody in need, you know, to send them our way and, and we're glad to help them. 
And as always, my dear friends, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Thank you, Matthew. You've been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to ugmsac.com ugmsac.com To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268. 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.